Listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to a one-week delayed, rushed Oz Network Christmas month. Uh, our first full Christmas month in two years, uh, as we get to talk about classic Christmas films from A-list actors, which is our theme that we, uh, I guess, sort of determined it was going to be this year because we couldn't tie the four together. Cool. Uh, I think I think you made it up at the end of last week. You're like, should we call this A-list actors Christmas? Sure, I'll take credit for that. I remember saying that. Absolutely. That was all me. It was Ben's idea. Uh, and also Ben's idea, I think, was... The first one we're talking about here, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000 Jim Carrey version, which is appropriate because it is the 20th anniversary uh, as of this year. And uh, there's a new Grinch movie that came out that uh, actually surpassed this, I guess, box office wise. And Ben and I sort of, I guess, had the same opinion on this movie that it's uh, okay. <laughs> it's... I, it's it's a weird thing because I remember when this movie came out, it's like people were not crazy about it, but because it's now in that era where those who grew up watching it, this is nostalgia for them. Now all of a sudden it's considered a Christmas classic. Is it a Christmas classic? You'll have to wait and see. Uh, <laughs> Ben's shaking his head. <laughs> I tend to agree. Um, but uh, we get to talk about Jim Carrey in green yak fur <laughs> for two hours. <laughs> Yay. How exciting. Um, my name is Colin, and uh, I don't have a line. Uh, <laughs> that's my quote. <laughs> and my name is Ben, and it's because I'm green, isn't it? <laughs> I was going to go with you're an idiot, but hey, <laughs> you know, I went with that instead because I um, judge Grinches by their skin color. You judge Hoovians. a lot of things by their skin color. <laughs> Hoovians by their, their skin color. Yes. Wow, do I have a lot of problems with this movie. Um, a lot of problems I did not necessarily have in 2000. And I guess going back to history, I, I'm sure it's a little bit different because I know we've talked about other Christmas specials that are considered classics on this side of the world. And in Australia, they weren't necessarily, maybe you knew of them, but they weren't like a big deal. Uh, but... The Grinch is, is is the Grinch slash Doctor Who Doctor Who, Doctor Who, Doctor Who, the the unknown version of the Grinch, written by the esteemed Doctor Who. Exterminate! Uh, exterminate! Uh, Doctor Seuss and the Grinch. Uh, is this one of those that uh, became a classic over there? I mean, here. Everybody knew it, so there was excitement, you know, before the movie ever came out, just the fact they were making a live-action version. So, I mean, this is something that I grew up watching as, as far back as I can remember. But what's your familiarity with the the animated special or the book? Um, I think my familiarity with the animated special was that one scene they show in Home Alone 2 when Tim Curry catches <laughs> uh, Kevin McAllister as a, a, a credit card fraud. Um, they, <laughs> they cut to that big grin and sort of... A, goes with tim curry i had no recollection of the special um i don't know if it was a thing in australia i i grew up on dr zeus like so many people uh i like (laughs) you call it dr zeus yeah i call it dr zeus because that's what you know i I can't say seuss dr seuss (laughs) didn't we have this in the cat in the hat episode we did last year i think probably it sounds familiar um 
so yeah, I had no, and I, I remember vaguely this coming out. I was 13, massive Jim Carrey fan. We'll talk about that in this episode, but I don't think I ever saw this until I, a lot later. Like I, for some reason, I think I saw this and go, I don't know what that is. Even if though it's Jim Carrey, I have no interest in it. And this, when we eventually get to Elf, it's going to be a similar thing that like, it took me a long time to see this movie. And I, I, I have a feeling though, like, yeah, it's kind of got this great reputation now because it's nostalgia and all that sort of stuff. But I, I, I remember back then that everybody loved this movie at the time as well. Like it was kind of, I, I felt like it did so well in Australia or it was loved in Australia because a lot of people mm. would talk about how this movie was great. So, um, and then the thing that I think I always knew about this movie, because of course it's one of those ones that is literally on TV every single year and they play the same ad every single year. So all like the classic one-liners that clearly you knew off the top of your head in your quote a few (laughs) seconds ago, they would always show on the ads for TV. So by the time you see this, I can watch every scene. Oh, that was on the ad. That was on the ad. And oh, I clearly know what's happening. So yeah, um, I think Australia liked this movie. I think they still do. Um, this movie is just there. I don't know. Like, it's just, it's it's an odd one. I feel like I want to love this movie more because it's Jim Carrey. And Jim Carrey is fantastic mm. in this movie. Like, this is, the shining light of this movie is Jim Carrey. He, he is this movie. Take Jim Carrey out of it. Jesus Christ, this movie is probably just <laughs> cat in the hat level of what the hell are we watching? And I like Mike Myers, but not as much as I like Jim Carrey, but... Remember we did Cat well, in the Hat? I forgot we did that. <laughs> yeah, I try so hard to forget. Thanks for the reminder. Um, <laughs> the, obviously, the Grinch special is like, I think there's probably three Christmas specials that you had to watch every single year. There's the Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, there's the the Grinch. And then uh, I was going to say Frosty the Snowman, but <laughs> I'm watching all the time. <laughs> Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer would be the other big one. You know, Frosty could be thrown in there too. But uh, The Grinch probably was like the number one that it's always on TV and you always watch it. So everybody knew it by heart here. And like I said, you were going to go see this movie, whether, you know, you liked Jim Carrey or not, whether you thought it looked good or not. Uh, it was huge when it came out here and, and definitely among kids, it was popular, but it's just one of these weird movies. I remember probably about a year after it came out, it wasn't like people were like talking about the Grinch anymore. It's not like people were watching the Grinch and it, it probably took, uh, I'm going to say seven or eight years before I really saw people revisiting this as, Oh, it's Christmas time. Let's watch Jim Carrey's the Grinch. And it seems to have grown in popularity since then, probably because of the ages. Uh, I remember like you being, huge into Jim Carrey. I think anybody who grew up during the late nineties was obsessed with anything Jim Carrey did. Even the ones that weren't particularly popular. He did like, I loved the cable guy. Oh yeah. Uh, and uh, Simon Birch. I remember seeing that in theaters just cause Jim Carrey has a small role in it. Uh, this is the same year. I'm pretty sure that me, myself and Irene comes out, it is. Yep. Uh, which again was not like super well received, but I remember loving that movie. Uh, so you add Jim Carrey to a Dr. Seuss Grinch movie and you put Ron Howard as the director, you know, coming off of Apollo 13 and everything. Obviously, I was going to go see this opening day. And I tried so hard to remember my reaction to this. And with most movies, I can remember coming home and telling my brother or sister, oh, this movie. I just sort of remember seeing this and being like, yeah, that was okay. And just not really going out of way to watch it after that. Like, I don't think anything about this really grabbed me. But as a huge fan of the original, which right now Casper has in the last last year, he discovered the Grinch and became obsessed with it. And yesterday, I'm pretty sure we watched the Grinch special 10 or 11 times in one day. 
Uh, and he's been running around the house for the last couple of days, just going, Mr. Grinch. And his favorite thing to do is just all of a sudden the blue go. I'm not sick of the animated special. And I, I think that because I'm watching that so much now, I am going to have some criticisms of changes they made here. Drastic changes that I think actually ruin the point of what the story is. Uh, but at the same time, there's still just a lot of issues about this movie and jokes that just aren't funny and, the makeup, the makeup for the Grinch, fantastic. But the makeup for the Who's is one of my biggest problem with this movie. Like, I, I remember years and years ago watching this movie again and then commenting to several people about why they decided to make such a literal adaptation of what the Who's looked like in the book and the special. Because to me, that seems as absurd as if you're going to ever make a live action Simpsons movie, you have to dye all the actors' colors, you know, their skin color yellow. And you have to give Marge six foot tall hair and you have to give, you know, the, the weird, you put makeup prosthetics on like these, these, it looks like cats <laughs> and it's bad. It's cheesy. So outside of the Grinch, none of the characters in this movie look good at all. The art direction looks incredible. The special effects look incredible. The color scheme's great, but the who's it's just, it's almost nauseating to look at them. They look like pig rat things. Um, pig rat. That's what pig, I was looking for. Pig rat. <laughs> things um is how long does the little animated special go for it's only half an hour oh okay right um the, the only thing that like i get out of the grinch now is for some reason i think i know more the uh on glee uh when jane lynch's character sang the it's a mean one mr grinch yeah. song on one of the episodes that to me is where i know the grinch the best from like that's weird um it's so interesting with like the jim carrey love because I mean, the guy dominated the 90s. I think when we've done episodes on 94 movies, like, God, he had three. <laughs> like, who's had a bigger year in 94 than Jim Carrey? Probably no one. Um, and hit after hit. I mean, the Cable Guy, yeah, was kind of the, the I guess you'd say, almost the stain on that. But at the same time, the Cable Guy, you talk about movies that have come full circle. So many people mm. appreciate the Cable Guy now, and yeah. rightfully so. That movie, it was so ahead of its time. Um, that movie is just brilliant, and I really hope we can cover that one day soon. Um, but yeah, kind of this was really the the last I want to say like mainstream big hit he'd have for a while too. I mean, Bruce Almighty mm-hmm. sure was pretty big, and that was um, three years later though. Yeah, I mean, Lemony Snicket did okay. Um, but kind of this was in that period where Jim Carrey decided to go a bit dramatic. And I remember how much he got ripped into uh, around about this period. Like the Majestic came out and like he just got an absolute hammering for doing that movie. Um, you know, kind of doing that. I, he did Internal Sunshine's The Spotless Mind, which I think took a while for people to appreciate. I personally hate that movie. <laughs> um, it just, it annoys me. I It hurts my brain. I And I, it stars two people I love and it hurts that I hate that movie because I want to like it. Um, Fun with Dick and Jane kind of got forgotten about, but I, I really like that movie. I um, love that one, yeah. The number 23 is just there. Uh, and then he obviously did another uh, Dr. Zeus Zeus movie, uh, Zeus. an animated one with Horton His Who. And then a very underrated one that I really like, Yes Man. Um, and kind of he just... Same here, yeah. Went into a little bit of obscurity uh, from that point on. So it's kind of interesting that you could almost classify this as his only bona fide hit of the 2000s alongside Bruce Almighty. So, mm-hmm. and this is coming off the back of like mega hits, like... 
you know, Truman hey, Show was only a couple of yeah, Liar Liar, Man from the Moon, Man on the Moon, sorry. Uh, you know, the Ace Ventura's Batman Forever, like everything he touched turned to gold in the 90s. So it's kind of, it's odd. We talk about Brendan Fraser kind of all of a sudden at this period just dropping off the map. But like, you know, Brendan Fraser was never on the level of Jim Carrey's stardom. You know, th- this guy mm-hmm. was the highest paid actor in Hollywood, I think, for a large portion of the 90s as well. So, yeah, um, but like no matter what I think of this movie, and I'm with you that they look weird, there's just, it's... It just is just an odd film that like it, again. This isn't a bad movie. This isn't something I don't. I don't think I'm going to bin it as of right now. But like G- Jim Carrey steals the show, and it's interesting reading who was considered for this role. Um, <laughs> like I'm seeing here, like Robin Williams. Okay, like you could probably see Robin Williams doing this justice. Robin Williams is crazy and animated and everything. But then you look at the likes of Eddie Murphy. Okay, maybe. Possibly. He's a bit crazy. He's a bit out there. Tom Hanks, I mean, the guy can do anything. So I'm not going to come out and say that, like, straight out no, because Tom Hanks is incredible. Jack Nicholson, okay, you'd probably get a bit of a joker, but sure. Dustin Hoffman? (laughs) Really? Don't know about that. I'm nothing against Dustin Hoffman, but as the Grinch? The the only thing I'll say in defense of just Dustin Hoffman is, and it's a stretch even for somebody who's seen this movie multiple times. But you ever see the movie Tootsie, which was probably his biggest hit? Uh, like I'm aware of it, but I've not seen it. Yeah, to see him turn himself into a 35, 40 year old woman makes me believe that he could pull off the Grinch, but nothing else outside of that. Jack Nicholson's the most interesting one because just a little bit of history with this. Uh, and I didn't realize any of this until now that uh, Dr. Seuss himself refused to give up the rights to this for the longest time. And after he died, I guess it was his widow or his you know children or whatever uh, decided, yes, we will put the movie rights up, but they had all these stipulations and all the stipulations were essentially came down to the casting. They had creative control to the point where they could, say, no, you can't put that in the script. No, you need to cut this scene from the movie. But they went as far as to say, you need to have an A-list actor along the lines of Jack Nicholson was the one they mentioned. So when this movie was optioned and they started developing it, the first actor they went to was Jack Nicholson. The more insane thing is that they said that no writer or director could make this movie unless they had demanded a $1 million paycheck prior to this. So they put Mm -hmm. the stipulation that we need a director who actually makes a lot of money. They don't care if he's made good movies as long as the director himself demands at least a million dollars for a paycheck. There, There's our A-lister, Ron Howard, right there, which is what it came down to. And Brian Grazer, who ended up getting the rights to this, uh, had, I guess, pitched this movie several times and just brought in Ron Howard to help him make the pitch because they're producing partners. And throughout the course of that, they sort of convinced him, hey, you should make the Grinch movie. But getting him was... I would think arguably as big of, if not bigger of a land than having Jim Carrey in this movie. Uh, You know, Jim Carrey obviously is a huge star, but you put Jim Carrey in a Grinch, you're going to get a lot of kids excited, a lot of teenagers excited. You put Ron Howard making the adaptation of how the Grinch stole Christmas coming off of the, you know, the, the years he'd had with Apollo 13 and, uh, uh, ransom before this. And this is literally a year before he'd win the Academy award for a beautiful mind that is a respectable director who had never really done a goofy kids movie like this before. And now he's made solo. So obviously he still embraces this genre, but it's just crazy for them to be able to get Ron Howard for something like this. And I remember that being the big deal. This movie had so much press behind it before anything had been filmed. I remember the press conference where they sort of announced it. You know, we talk about on double law seven, 
all the big James Bond press conferences when they, you know, bring the cast out for the first time and the director seeing Pierce Brosnan for the first time, seeing Daniel Craig and his life preserver for the first time. Uh, and this had one of those where it was like Ron Howard and Brian Grazer and Jim Carrey. And I remember people sort of being like, okay, Jim Carrey's playing the Grinch. And at that press conference, he not no makeup or anything made the Grinch smile like this evil, huge smile. And that just became like a still that was in every newspaper and on every TV station, Jim Carrey's playing the Grinch. This proves he could do it. So such a huge deal was made about this movie before it ever came out. I mean, it's no wonder it was like the highest grossing film of the year. Uh, but this was like a phenomenon before it even opened here. And I forgot that like this is a Ron Howard film. And I was about to say this is the first time we're done, but Ron Howard, but we did solo, of course. I was going to say our first Ron Howard and first Jim Carrey movie in it. And it's this <laughs> one. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a good point. And I think kind of, um, I f- but like, I just feel nowadays that doesn't get, really mentioned much it's just it's a jim carrey movie right yeah. like kind of you, you forget and maybe ron howard doesn't have the same clout as he did in 2000 i don't know um but yeah it's, it's just interesting looking at the casting and that alias aspect of it because this just turns into one of those roles where automatically you you so associate it with one person um <laughs> and you know, it is kind of like you read a list of people who could have been and you just you just can't imagine anyone else. Like, I mean, again, looking at that list, I only really see Robin Williams as maybe bringing something to it. And it would have been different because it's Robin Williams. He's not Jim Carrey, but they're still animated enough and sort of over the top enough that you would believe it. I mean, I, I always have the most fun watching sort of old interviews on like Letterman or Leno of, of Robin Williams and Jim Carrey because they just they take an interview to a different level. Like they would be the most difficult people in the world to interview. I could imagine because it's, you know, they're, they're so entertaining. So, More than Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, I mean, come on. Um, Joaquin Phoenix could have played the Grinch. Come oh, on. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, so yeah, like I just, I, I, I don't, I, I probably would absolutely despise this movie if Jim Carrey wasn't in it. Like I just, yeah. it would be odd, but like, I just, I found myself watching this movie and just, this may be only like the third time I've ever seen it as well. Um, and like just zoning out of it so much because there's no plot. Um, mm-hmm. When Jim Carrey's on on screen, I really don't give a shit. Um, and then kind of just, but when Jim Carrey's on screen, like I'm, just, I'm like looking up, I'm, I'm watching and just kind of, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's I'm, I'm sad. This is the first Jim Carrey movie we're doing, but at the same time, I'm happy that we're doing a Jim Carrey movie because I can praise the man for 90 minutes while saying that everything around him is kind of, it's kind of like, well, I would say it's kind of like how BC is to the rest of Canada. Like we were really good during COVID and then everyone else was shit. Now I can't really say that. So, you know. Hey, that was Manitoba too. Yay, go Manitoba. Um, one other thing just to talk about in the, the making of this movie that was interesting is, and I had no idea about this either. Uh, Jim Carrey did not have a good reputation on set originally. Apparently he was very abrasive uh he was destructive he would throw temper tantrums all because of the makeup process to the point where the makeup artist was willing to walk off this movie because jim carrey was such a dick (laughs) and ron howard basically had to sit him down and say you need to be nice this person is going to make this movie without this makeup this isn't going to work and when you look at how long he was in the makeup chair they say two and a half hours put it together that's nothing like I, i actually have a feeling did you ever see the documentary that was made about Jim Carrey during the making of Man on the Moon. No, but I really—I've not even seen Man on the Moon. If I'm completely honest with you, so I want to watch oh. both. Yeah. Well, you can see in that documentary how it, method Jim Carrey went to become Andy Kaufman uh, to the point where he would go out of his way to 
do things just to be obnoxious and annoy people, uh, not to be funny, but just to be annoying. Cause that's kind of the way Andy Kaufman was. Uh, but this, the flip side of that is there's a, a lot of real behind the scenes footage you see of Jim Carrey, just being this depressed, angry, complete dick. <laughs> and I feel like coming off a of man on the moon and doing this, there was probably still a lot of that in him because two and a half hours to sit in a makeup chair. I mean, that literally is nothing that that's what I, I don't know. Meryl Streep goes through. Uh, on a daily basis to win an Oscar uh, to win an Oscar yeah and just by Not saying even... that Colin breaking news Meryl Streep was just nominated for an Oscar for her mention on the Oz Network congratulations oh, Meryl I would like to take credit for that but I know she'll never thank us in the acceptance thoroughly speech. deserved uh, but yeah Jim Carrey not a pleasant person to deal with uh, and I thought the other part of that might be well he was trying to get into character as the Grinch and just be as mean as possible but I think one of the things that I, I enjoy about this movie is Jim Carrey's just doing his stand-up routine, just throwing a one-liner out here every once in a while, doing something physical, but it doesn't always match the character. And I think that's the problem. The thing that I enjoy about it is also the problem I have with it as a character and as a story, because he goes from these moments where he's absolutely brilliant as I am mean and I'm nasty and I hate everybody to I'm funny and I'm trying to get a laugh. Everybody look at me, which doesn't seem to match the Grinch character. So I think two sides of Jim Carrey obviously coming out even in the performance here. Uh, let's get into this movie that, uh, like you, this is probably only my third time ever seeing. Uh, so we're not absolute experts on this, and I don't think we ever will be, just <laughs> from uh, the impressions we're giving off here. Anthony Hopkins is in this movie, by the way. Sir as Anthony the, Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins as the narrator. Uh, how they got Anthony Hopkins to do How the Grinch Stole Christmas, again, I don't understand. And doesn't he get star uh, billing? Isn't he technically like the star of this movie as a narrator? Because I swear his name comes up gets, before Jim Carrey's. It doesn't come up before Jim Carrey's, but no. it is like, and Anthony Hopkins as the oh, narrator. Okay. Uh, but you know, great voice. I mean, it definitely helps ground the movie and make it a little bit less kid-like. Hello, Clarice, this is the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> It's good to narrate you again. But, but they keep a lot of stuff. This opening sequence is really the only part of this movie that follows the animated special until we get to the last half hour of the movie. And I think that's, again, one of the problems I have with this movie is you'd mentioned how the story doesn't matter. Up until he decides he wants to steal Christmas and make his outfit, none of this is in the special. And the, the version that came out two years ago that has Benedict Cumberbatch doing The Voice, the animated one, Casper just got into that recently and I watched it and I'm like, that's actually a really good movie and it's a good way that they expanded the story. Whereas this, it's like they decided, we're not going to change anything. We're going to tell the story exactly as you saw it in the end of the special, almost shot for shot, but we're going to give you an hour and a half beforehand of stuff that doesn't actually set up why he hates Christmas. There's, there's issues with this movie that it doesn't even pay off once you get to that climax of him stealing Christmas. Like it never explains why he just suddenly decides to do that. But the opening sequence here where they're showing Whoville and it's inside a snowflake, that's all good. Getting the first glimpse of the Grinch is great. Uh, the art direction is incredible in this movie. The makeup for the Who's, I already complained. It looks awful. You don't need to go this literal on them. You could have still made them, Jamie was trying to defend it saying, you know, it's meant to make them look kind of just whimsical. I'm like, okay, well, I think that the world around them looks whimsical. You still could have put just like a little bit of an exaggerated nose on them. You didn't have to give them, you know, the, the, the pig face as well, which just makes them look terrifying. Uh, we get the introduction to Cindy Lou Who, who's the only other character from the animated special, I think, that actually speaks besides the Grinch. 
And I remember before this movie came out, everybody said, oh yeah, they're going to be expanding the role of Cindy Lou Who. She's a girl who just sees the Grinch. The scene where she wakes up and sees him stealing the Christmas tree and he just says, I'm taking it back to fix it. That's her entire role in the animated special. And she was the second biggest character in that. Uh, but obviously they decided to make her the character. I don't hate her in this movie. Um, I actually feel like some of the stuff with her, it, it, it helps the story. But as far as like annoying kids go, I mean, she's she's not top of the list. She's she probably- can't you know, sing for shit though, my lord. No, woman. She grew, <laughs> she's grown up to be a singer. And I, I'm yeah, going to say- Yeah, that's really grown scary. Up, grown up, I quite like her. She's very attractive. But like <laughs> in terms of knowing that she grew up as part to be a singer and how, like this movie, yeah. my God. Yeah, it's 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 not pleasant. Uh, and this is a song, I don't even know if the song got nominated for an Oscar, but it's, I guess, considered a classic song now. You'll still hear it. Uh, biggest issue I'm going to have with this is the, the decision they made, and apparently this was Ron Howard's idea, to make the Who's very self-centered and focused on consumerism. Like this whole movie is just a message on consumerism is bad. Don't buy presents. Don't spend money. And this is what the Who's are focused on, which again is contrary to the original story. I can see why Dr. Seuss didn't want to give up the rights to this because the first person, an A-list director had the idea. This was Ron Howard's idea. I want this to be focused on how the Who's are focused on possessions and all that. And that's the exact opposite point of the original, uh, which will become a problem later on. Uh, I, I like that when we get introduced to the Grinch, it's just teens harassing him again. You don't like the who's in this movie. Mm. <laughs> There's a real problem with the fact that none of the characters are likable. The Grinch may actually be the most likable and relatable character in this movie. And that, that's again against the point of this movie. <laughs> He's supposed to be the, the Grinch who stole Christmas. The, the term Grinch doesn't apply anymore because they just make you feel bad for him in this movie. These teens are out there just harassing him. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel for them at all. Uh, I, I like though that they're, um, they're, they're egging the one guy, go on, touch it, touch it. It just <laughs> sounded so wrong. And apparently that was one of the things that, that Dr. Seuss's widow uh, was adamant about, that they cut a lot. They had a lot more sexual innuendos in this movie that they cut, like a lot. They just had uh, an and orgy think- on the mountain. They basically just have yeah, an orgy. Yeah, exactly. Now, an but orgy, Colin, is when multiple people have sex. <laughs> just to let you know. Thank you. Um, well, <laughs> You're welcome. I'll try it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Jamie just rushed in right the room. Now. Come on in, everybody. <laughs> Jamie, Jamie listens. And says, what? Colin? <laughs> Cut. But, um, no, th- th- there's some things that I think the widow missed in this movie. Uh, I, I don't think she realized they were going out of their way to be like, come on, touch it, touch it. And then they just throw it, touch the door. Very obvious. Or oh, there's a swingers uh, party in this uh, episode, in this movie as well. Is uh, there? Like, Did I miss something? So or do you have to explain to me a swingers keys, party? Keys, so swingers <laughs> are when married couples share each other's partners. And generally you would go to a party and put your keys in a bowl and then you'd pull out the keys and whoever's keys you get, you have sex with. So later on when we've got the flashback of little baby Grinch, <laughs> Uh, they're at a swingers party. So, yeah. So Ben has been to many of these things where his keys have been drawn. They're just like, well, I'm headed home now. <laughs> Throw the keys back in the bowl. <laughs> that, but that's what Colin, you would do at a swingers party. You and Jamie would go. You wouldn't have a clue. You'd like pick up keys and go, cool, I've got a new car. And you'd just like walk out yeah. and like, try someone else's car. <laughs> Jamie's going, Colin. Until she sees it's Ben's keys. And then she's like, I'm right behind you, Colin. We're out of here. <laughs> you, you, you know somebody's keys who wouldn't be in that bowl? Noah, because he can't get a date. 
we're this close to the end of the year. We're going to make it. <laughs> um, the, I guess the Grinch gets upset about teens mocking him. So he decides to go into town and get some revenge. One of the few points in this movie, I think that they really nailed him being the villain, uh, just going and messing with people's bikes and everything. Um, the, uh, the, the, the teens, uh, I guess are caught here. And I love the, when they're, they're lecturing them or something like that. It's like, Oh, they went up there to see the Grinch. It's like, couldn't you just be playing with matches or defacing public property instead? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Grinch goes into the post office, which was a Cindy's dad works, and uh, he decides to mess with the mail. They they make sure to point out the Grinch himself has never gotten a Christmas card in the mail. Why he has a mailbox, I don't know. Uh, but uh, he just goes in there and starts sorting everybody else's mail. Cindy comes in and finds him. She uh, They have that moment where there's like the double girlish scream, which is actually quite funny, where Cindy goes, ah! And then the Grinch, even more high pitch, is like, ah! <laughs> but uh he decides he's going to save her as she's falling into the the present sorting machine uh which is to show that he has a little bit of a heart when she points that out to him he decides to get grumpy and uh gift wraps her mm-hmm. <laughs> uh which her dad comes and finds with her arms oh, cue, cue. <laughs> <laughs> but i actually really like like this is the type of stuff that i feel like would expand on the grinch character uh, because they're not trying to make you sympathize with him yet, which is the total wrong idea. Uh, there's also back at home, Cindy's mom is putting up Christmas lights, and we get introduced to Martha Mayhew. Oh, the whoa! No, oh. um, <laughs> the love interest of this movie. Okay, so <laughs> Christine, let's run what's down. her name? Barinsky? Is that her name? Yeah, she was in Bowfinger. I yeah. think that's the thing I know her from. She was also, um, um, was she not in like Ally McBeal or like what show was she in for a while? Sybil. She was in Sybil. S- oh, yeah. Well, and, can't wait till we cover Sybil. But she, I, I think now she's in The Good Wife, but um, she's also Leonard's mother in The Big Bang Theory. I mean, she's one of these ones who's in everything. But, you know, I knew yeah. you were going to point out Bowfinger because I remember her in Bowfinger. Uh, but she's again, one of the self-centered who's, which I don't know why they did this. It's just, uh, it's a bad idea, but, uh, I like her decorating her house with a gun that shoots out Christmas lights. There's a lot of fun stuff in this. Molly uh, Shannon, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Molly Shannon's, I love Molly Shannon. They did a good job with the makeup on her because I remembered her being in this movie and it was probably halfway through the movie. I'm like, who does Molly Shannon play again? And meanwhile, the mom's on screen at that moment and I couldn't (laughs) tell it was her. Um, but are you a Molly Shannon fan in small doses? I feel like a lot of people from Saturday night live. That's kind of the way it is. You know, you get them in like a skit. They're funny. Uh, when she was in the Santa Claus two, she was pretty funny. I don't think I can, I don't think I've ever sat through that superstar movie, uh, start to finish. Jamie loves it, but not uh, the Roxbury. She's in not, I mean, she's in everything. She was, um, in the American version of Kath and Kim, she played Kath. Um, and, did what she could with that rubbish material. But, um, you know, I've always been a Molly Shannon fan. I wouldn't call myself a fan, but I don't mind her. And she's okay in this movie. Um, But yeah, this is a a deleted subplot that I guess airs on TV occasionally. The the Christmas light fight between Martha May and Mommy Who, whatever her name is. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy Who. But again, they're trying to just set up that these people are all so absorbed with, you know, these meaningless things and there's no spirit of Christmas, uh, which just gets annoying once you get to the end of the movie. Uh, But um, 
the the Grinch, we get some stuff uh, as he's leaving the town here where he's making a prank call. And this actually, I got a good laugh out of because I forgot it was in the movie where he says, is your, he, whatever he freezes, phrases the fridge as, a, your uh, electric cooling uh, unit, is it running? And they're like, why, yes, it is. It's like, then you better go catch it. <laughs> and hangs up the phone. <laughs> we all remember when we were a kid, when we first heard that, we thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah, your fridge running, yeah. Ah! I'm sure you made plenty of those calls. Uh, my my favorite was, my, the one that always confused me was my dad, he would do the um the joke, the how does your dog smell joke. Do you know that one? No. It's okay, Colin, how does a dog smell? Great. Terrible. How does a dog smell? <laughs> how, how does a dog I smell? don't know. What? How does a dog smell? Terrible. With its nose. How does a dog smell? Oh, with its nose. <laughs> Terrible. How does a dog smell? <laughs> and you could never win. And like, I'd always get frustrated at my dad. I'd say, no, that's not how it goes. Yeah, we dad had a jokes. fun family. You know? <laughs> yep. Where did dads get um, their jokes from? From the database. <laughs> I'm not even a oh. father and I'm great at it. You're a father. <laughs> Uh, I love with the Grinch, he takes the garbage chute. That's a cool little addition they add uh, into this movie that the top of the mountain is actually where all the garbage goes. And when he gets to the top there, he's right next to these garbage bags. What is that stench? It's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and he eats an onion. And I just want to point out, any Australian who is watching this movie knows that our Prime Minister, Tony Abbott, when he was Prime Minister, actually did that. He was at like, <laughs> you know how like at a factory, they're like, you know, presidents and prime ministers go along put on the hard hat and yeah. oh look you know so he went to like a, a a vegetable factory and literally there's this conveyor belt of like things going on in front of him and somebody hands him an onion and he's like oh yeah and he just takes a bite out of it <laughs> and like doesn't even does he split. peel it no, I, I don't know if he's peeled it or not. i can't remember but like this went viral it was like um what the prime minister just took a bite out of an onion like it's an apple what <laughs> that happened uh, uh, he's the Grinch of Australia. There yeah. You know. Well, in more uh, ways than one. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get the theme song here, the "You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch," uh, which they put a different spin on it. Uh, we uh, we get a nice little shot of him taking off his socks, and the socks start crawling away. <laughs> That's kind of fun. Uh, it does get to be a bit much. This layer sequence goes on forever, but again, it's such a great set. And uh, th- there's moments here where Jim Carrey's really great. There's also moments, like I said, where he's just cracking a joke and just hey everybody i'm funny look at me over here which doesn't really fit the character at all um you're an idiot yeah that's a thing uh, not <laughs> like just bad that. that's a lie <laughs> the, the whole echo thing you're an idiot i'm yeah. an idiot you're an idiot <laughs> that's, funny. that's funny i laughed at that and then cindy wants to figure out why the grinch is as mean as he is or why does everybody hate him so she starts asking around everybody in town and we get the backstory of the grinch now I'm not going to say this is completely unnecessary. I think the direction they go with it is wrong, but it is kind of entertaining at times as a showing like this green baby being dropped off and these two old ladies who are raising him, him being in school and nobody liking him except for Martha May, young Martha May here who seems to have a thing for him. Uh, Probably the funniest part of the sequence here is, is it's just a montage of Cindy asking this person a question and they cut back to Martha May. It's like, Oh, and since you did ask, yes, I did have a crush on him. And then Cindy's like, I never asked you that. Oh, oh, okay. (laughs) But 
why they wanted to go the route of making you sympathize with the Grinch more than any other character in this movie by actually making him this bullied child, it's so wrong. Because from this point on, you don't see him as the villain of this movie who's trying to steal Christmas. You're, you're, you're rooting for him, which is the opposite of what it should be. And it makes the impact of what happens at the end of the movie where he turns good meaningless because he apparently he's the only good one in this movie because he's in school and he likes this girl and he makes her this kind of cool looking, you know, Christmas tree topper or whatever it is. And uh, it's got it's made out of forks and glass and all that's actually quite clever. And when he shows up uh, to school, uh, the other kids throw it or he throws it and breaks it because they're laughing at him now other kids were mocking him because you're only eight years old and you have a beard. So he decides he wants to shave. So he shows up with a paper bag over his head. And when they remove it, all the kids are like, look at that hack job. Cause he's got all the toilet paper squares from cutting himself shaving. It's just, a, it's a bizarre thing to do in a movie, not just a bizarre thing to make you sympathize with the villain of the movie when you're not sympathizing with any of the heroes, but that it ultimately comes down to, the kids are mocking him because he has fur and then he decides to shave himself and does a bad job. And that's why he goes bad. Fur. Like if you're, if you're going to go this route of, you know, having the Grinch go crazy because he was bullied, have it be something where it's actually a little bit nastier than that. You know, uh, and make it w- these kids head in the toilet. Best. Well, yeah. Not but, drawn but I- on him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Said a lot. Yeah, he's getting knived in the middle of the playground. It'll be great. Parents uh, no, I, have, I actually have a bigger issue with them making anybody in this movie a bully. They could have just had it be kids being kids. But the fact that this one kid ends up being the mayor, Jeffrey Tambor, who's... Uh, are you an Arrested Development fan? I know that made my top 50 list. It didn't make uh, yours. I know who he is. I'm not a Seinfeld slash Arrested Development person. Uh, well, I'm not Arrested Development. Um, he was never on Seinfeld. But no, no, I, I'm I, thinking I, of the <laughs> other guy. But no, no, I know who you're talking about, but I'm all of a sudden thinking of... Um, what's that other? Curb Your Enthusiasm, wrong show. But oh, yeah, I know, yeah. But I know who this guy is, yes. Yeah, them keeping him as a villain later on again, I think ruins this movie in a weird way. Uh, it's just such a cliche. But I, I, a couple of kids making fun of him, I'm not going to buy that that's going to make him become a recluse for life. Uh, but uh, that's basically the backstory of the Grinch. And again, I don't hate the idea of giving the Grinch a backstory. I just hate that it's something so superficial as this and that you're meant to feel for him more than the humans or who's in this movie. Uh, and, uh, well, let's just cap it right there before we get it. Well, let's quickly introduce here. Uh, he goes through the phone book, just, uh, <laughs> going through all the people. It's like, uh, Archibald, whatever. Hate you. This person, hate, hate, hate you. <laughs> I love that. That's Can perfect. That? Can we get a phone book and just do that on air? All right, let's get it right now. Noah Groves. <laughs> hate you. Racist. Can't get a date. <laughs> Racist. <laughs> Anthony Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've gone blank on um, what's stupid woman actress name from uh, 2012? Amanda Peets. Amanda Peets. You <laughs> suck. <laughs> I hope you rot and die. <laughs> <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like him calling out of the phone book, like uh, that stuff is perfect for the character. Uh, Really, we're just going to uh, stop it right here as they introduce the idea of the holiday cheermeister for their hubilation party, which is their Christmas Eve party. Uh, they have one person. Of course, the mayor just wants it to be himself. 
and uh, instead, Cindy wants to nominate the Grinch because she's found out some of this backstory on him, and uh, she sells the town on you know, isn't it? Aren't we supposed to love everybody? I can't remember exactly what her pitch is, but everybody gets behind it and say, let's nominate the Grinch. Uh, she goes to deliver it to him, uh, his nomination. And uh, I guess this is the first time anybody's actually been in his lair. And uh, he says he doesn't want to go. Um, uh, let's, let's end it there. I, I, I got to <laughs> find my spot in my notes here because I actually realize this scene goes on for quite a long time. She is also, nominated. For her Academy Award with Meryl Streep. <laughs> Um, also, I do love that Cindy's got like, I'm just looking here. She's got like a cup and saucer on her head with a candy cane in milk. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> it's I mean, whimsical. I, I, I guess kind of coming from a place where I've never seen the animated special, like none of this kind of bothers me to a point, but like the, the Whovians are terrible people, terrible who, yeah. whatever the hell they are. Like they're like, they're basically the jock water polo team at high school. And, mm-hmm. and and the Grinch, who is forced to live on the outskirts... Why would you live on the outskirts of a town that hates you? Like, I'd probably move. Just me. <laughs> um, like, if all of a sudden Victoria started hating on me and, you know, making fun of my shaving ability and stuff like that, <laughs> I, I'm probably not going to go live on a mountain overlooking the town. I'm probably going to move to Manitoba, maybe. Oh, well, yeah, I'm Winnipeg. <laughs> probably not Winnipeg. Well, they accept idiots there. You're there, so... Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ooh, Ben, burn. Ooh. Um, but, like, also at the beginning, can we just point out that this all takes place in a snowflake? Mm-hmm. What? Is <laughs> <laughs> this just skipped over? Like, is this logic? <laughs> so every time it snows and you've got, like, thousands of snowflakes, there's thousands of Whovilles, right? There's a thousand oh, Grinches. You know, it's, it's you know, a, kind of a fun idea for a kid's book when you think about it logistically. What happens in the spring? Do they all flood and die well that's exactly right they melt they're fucking dead <laughs> like they're, they're dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah um logic doesn't make sense in this movie i guess we're talking about a great and like like when we get to the scene with the babies and the storks and oh ha ha kids movie storks that's how babies are made your parents fucked children they had <laughs> sex okay you weren't delivered by a stork your parents had sex ask them about it i'm sure they will tell you um why does like this green weird thing get sent somewhere? Like, like again, you want to give the Grinch. Yeah, where does he come from? I want exactly. I want to know. Like, are there, are there like, is this just you know the one that isn't cooked properly or something or you know like, they they talk about consumerism and that being in the root of this. I mean, is this kind of like a a deep sitting thing about race that you know oh the the, the off-colored one gets banished and like oh but we've all got to love and accept them i mean it's 2020 why haven't we talked about that being an issue in this movie you know <laughs> um i want the deep dive analytical essay written on the grinch's racism problems um cancel culture and all of that sort of stuff <laughs> i mean let's put a warning in front of this like this was a different time in 2000 um but yeah horny teenagers like gosh I know when I was a horny teenager, all I wanted to do was go to the scary part of the city and, like, make fun of the old hermit that everybody... (laughs) Like, what a bunch of shits. Like, you deserve to get, like, fall off a mountain. Like, like, you're right. Like, I I sympathise with the Grinch. Like, Mm -hmm. I know he's meant to be this prick, but he's been scared out of town because he couldn't (laughs) shave. 
And then when he goes into town to get an award, they still make fun of him. And so what that he doesn't shower? We all know that person in the city who doesn't shower. Like, <laughs> they maybe don't like water. I don't know. Like, poor Grinch. All right? His dog loves him. Good for the dog. And what sort of town gets their garbage in a mountain? <laughs> <laughs> they shoot their garbage up. Yeah. Like, I mean, this is something wrong with that. There's there's a few logistical issues. Um, yeah, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I do like the Grinch going into town and, like, when the guys fall off the bike and he's got, like, a saw and he gives a saw to, like, kids. Um, I also like when he's, like, doing all the mail and he's like, jury duty, jury duty, pink slip, pink slip. <laughs> um, sure. Um, and I also love how he's like walking around town with like a horror mask on and everyone's like, hello, good sir. We haven't seen you before. <laughs> um, <laughs> you talk about like him kind of having these moments of like comedy and just like, you know, he's against the character again. That doesn't bother me just because A, I like Jim Carrey. B, I don't know anything about the original. So me, it's just kind of him playing up. It's kind of like how in Cat in the Hat, like, and I knew the source material of Cat in the Hat, but like just kind of like some of the Mike Meyer things that he kind of just... Um, dirty ho. <laughs> that is so dumb, but it's so funny. Oh, Mike, Mike. Imagine Mike Mars and Jim Carrey doing a movie together. That would be something. Um, it would be the expendables of comedy. Throw Robin be. Williams in there. Also, um, I think somebody needs to get the Grinch to a hospital. He's got yellow eyes. That's usually liver disease. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> don't think the Grinch is making it to the next Christmas. Just want to point that out. Might need a transplant. Um, maybe that's a sequel. <laughs> but you're right about Sid- Cindy. Sydney, Sydney, Cindy, Cindy Lou Who. Um, not actually a child actress that I hate. Like she's pretty decent mm. until she sings. Um, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, like not not the worst thing in this movie. Um, and Taylor Momsen is her name. Uh, look her up now. Don't look her up back then because she was too young. Now she's fine. <laughs> um, but <laughs> one thing I'll say, like, you talk about, like, the backstory of the Grinch not being necessary. Like, this is actually, I actually really randomly love the Grinch as a kid and a baby. Like, I think, like, everyone's all on Baby Yoda or Grogu or whatever the hell you want to call it. Like, <laughs> fucking little baby Grinch is cute as hell. I love little baby <laughs> Grinch. And then, like, little child Grinch who is played by the esteemed and dearly departed uh, Josh Ryan Evans. I don't know if you're ever a Passions fan, Colin, but, um, I mean, I never watched it, but, like, I watched Buffy and there was a long-running joke about Passions and Timmy. Basically, Josh Ryan Evans played Timmy in Passions, and if you think soap operas are fucked and weird, watch Passions. You have no idea. Timmy Timmy was a doll that came to life in a soap (laughs) opera. Yeah. That was a thing, right? <laughs> Passions was like the fucking... I'm reading this now. It is like the Batman and Robin of soap operas. It is so <laughs> over the top and crazy that it's brilliant. Like, it is so... Like, I as a kid, I would randomly watch Days of Our Lives because I was dumb and it was weirdly entertaining for, like, this over-the-top car crash television. But, like, Passions was just on crack. But uh, Josh Ryan Evans is great. Like, I think he's really, really good as, like, Little Grinch here. Um, I shouldn't say little, sorry. Uh, that's offensive. Actually, no, it's, it's a proper term, isn't it? Little people. That's what you call them now. You don't call them midgets. Right. Um, <laughs> he's I, just called them both. Okay. 
it's going to change by the time we release this episode. Exactly. Um, but like, I love little Newark baby. called them far worse than that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I love little baby Grinch here when he's like, Santa! And, like, goes to get the cookie and then just and bites the tray and he's like, Santa! <laughs> I just, I don't know. I just love little baby Grinch and little child Grinch. Um, yeah, let's nominate the Grinch for an award because why not? Also, this is one of those logical things when it comes to these types of characters that, like, Grinch wears clothes as a kid. Grinch wears clothes as a baby. Yet when little girl goes to Grinch's lair not wearing any clothes, is this just like a grown man walking around naked in front of a small child? Like... Well, it has to be because when he leaves his lair both times, when he goes to mess with the male and when he goes to the the, the hubilation, he has to put on clothes. Yeah. So, yeah, this he's flashing this little girl. Yeah, he is. And, like, the, one thing I'll say, like, you, you mentioned the, the makeup and how great it is, like... What also makes Jim Carrey so good for this role is that, I mean, he had a couple of roles in the 90s that revolved around him not really having his own face, right? Like, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the Riddler, uh, the mask, obviously. Uh, I'm pretty sure that made my top 50 movies of all time, and if it didn't, it should have. Um, you know, like, he's just so animated on his face that you whack a mask on him and he just kind of, you know, still just makes it so well. And there's just some of these moments, particularly when he's with little... Cindy Lou Boohoo or whatever her name is, like in the lair and just the facial stuff that he does is just so good. Um, so, yeah. And, um, yeah, Christina, yeah. Christina Barinsky, slutty woman who wants the green thing. <laughs> good for her. And slutty Grinch. I shouldn't, sorry, equal equal opportunity, uh, offensive comments there, Ben, because the Grinch oh. is a little bit, Grinch is a little bit slutty as a kid. He's sort of, you know. Yeah. Well, as yeah. an adult, we're going to yeah, get but, there in a minute. But, but, but I will say, uh, you know, little Martha May Hoover at eight years old seductively licking a lollipop. <laughs> I mean, you talk about the sexual innuendos. I mean, okay. Oh, we're offended by the touch it, touch the door. Yet we'll just skip over an eight-year-old basically implying fellatio <laughs> and a swingers scene in a kid's movie. Okay. <laughs> but no, don't knock on a door and touch it. That's that's too much. <gasps> Uh, I, I actually uh, I want to talk quickly about the the debate between the mayor and Cindy here, where she says, you know, oh, we should nominate the Grinch, and he goes, well, it says in here we can't nominate the Grinch. It says right here can't go to the Grinch, something something lead pipe cinch because he has to rhyme everything. <laughs> and she goes, what page is that in? And he goes, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, so yeah, when Cindy uh, uh, goes to the Grinch's lair, uh, I like the just out of the blue. Uh, he decides he wants symbols to be crashing his head to block out the noise because this is <laughs> this is something from the 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 special. It's like he hates all the noise, it's like noise, noise, noise. So they have those giant symbols and it's just crashing in his head. And the joke goes on almost too long, but it, I think it's just enough. It's smacking against his head for about a minute and a half straight. Um, when she's telling him you were nominated for this, he has no interest in it. But then. Uh, she says, oh, but you're the, you're the winner of the award. He goes, award? You didn't tell me there'd be an award. He goes, so if I'm the winner, that means there must have been losers, right? And she's like, um, well, yeah, I guess. Well, who was the loser? It's like, well, the mayor seemed to kind of want it. And he's like, yes, <laughs> just because he could stick it to the mayor here. That's what I like uh, too when he goes into the town and he's like, I'm here for an award and a check. There's no check. Oh, yeah, that could check. be a check. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's going on about the check. There's no check. <laughs> uh, the Grinch decides you know, he's he's up in the air whether he wants to go or not go. 
he's running through his itinerary, which is like I love that. Three o'clock, <laughs> four o'clock, wallow in self pity. Uh, five o'clock, solve world hunger. Don't tell anybody. Six o'clock, jazzercise. <laughs> <laughs> what does he say? Like seven, you know, try to fall asleep and think about your self worth. Well, I guess I could move that to nine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just simply don't have the time. Like he's got like this campiness about him sometimes, which is just hilarious. And when he's trying to find his outfit and he's coming out with like, you know, yeah. uh, basically a skirt on. It's not a dress, it's, not a dress, it's a skirt. It's a kilt. Yeah. <laughs> I love the dog. Uh, you, the dog's great. We put out the dog well, is great. Yeah. The, but again, if you see the animated special, I feel like they wanted to put a real dog in this movie, whereas they could have done something with animatronics or CG because the dog is way more involved in the special. And here... I feel like because they use a real dog, you reach a point during the second half of the movie where the dog just has to sit in the seat next to him, where it's supposed to be the dog is actually pulling the sleigh and the Grinches, you know, basically abusing the dog. Maybe they didn't want that in a movie, but they it works odied, in cartoon they, form. They odied him like they used a real dog in Garfield, right? They didn't animate Yeah, I think exactly. the second one they animated Odie, didn't they? But yeah. I never saw the second. You yeah, watched the second either. Garfield? No, I watched the first one. That's torture enough. <laughs> I saw the first. I saw that in theaters. That was oh, great. Ben, poor um, Bill Murray. Good for him for standing You know, the, the funny story, this is completely off topic, but the funny story about that movie. Now, I, I believe there's a very good chance that this is made up, but uh, I'm going to look up the name right here. Is that the, the director, director thing when he thought it was, yeah, yeah. he signed on. He, he thought, thought it was it one was... of the Coen brothers. Yeah. And then so, he realized so they it presented, <laughs> Yeah, they presented the movie to him. Uh, or, or one of the yeah one of the writers' names is Joel Cohen, who is not one of the Cohen brothers. So he saw the script and said, "Oh, one of the Cohen brothers wrote this." Signed on without ever having read it, and then only found out afterwards it was not the Cohen brothers who wrote it. <laughs> uh, whether or not it's true or not, it's funny. Uh, if it's not true, it's probably even funnier. Uh, anyway, so when he eventually finds his outfit after going through uh, the oh, I also got to throw in there the fact that it's not a dress; it's a kilt. And then he calls the dog a sicko. Sicko. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the the yodeler, <laughs> another really great one. All the stuff in the. I wish that we just had more of the Grinch in his lair and didn't have to have him in the town. It didn't have to have you making uh, people make him feel bad and feeling sorry for him. Uh, because when he's just looking for something to wear, and you all of a sudden hear in the distance, and you just see some random yodeler on the top of the mountain who just gets pulled down, and the Grinch is wearing his clothes the next shot. Like that's hilarious. So he decides. Uh, again, tentatively, I'm not going to go. I'm going to go. I'm not going to go. And then Max, the dog, just pulls the trap and he ends up going there. Uh, so in the middle of it, they already thought that the Grinch no-showed, so the mayor's about to accept the award. Uh, and this is where he <laughs> comes out of the garbage chute, lands on top of Martha, and motorboats <laughs> Martha Mayhew. <laughs> Hello, Martha. How are you? <laughs> Literally motorboating in woman's cleavage in a kid's movie. And... Dr. Seuss's widow did not get that this was a sexual innuendo. She, 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 there was a big thing in the Dr. Seuss's household about doors being very wrong, but like she's watching this going, mm-hmm. and they're like staring at her going, oh no, they wanted to cut yeah. this out. <laughs> they're staring at her. She's like, why are you looking at me? Nothing. <laughs> you don't find that inappropriate? What? He's lovingly motivating her. That's what I would do with <laughs> doctor all the time. That's not sexual. That's love. That's the one appropriate form of foreplay in the who of those. I was gonna say who household, the Seuss household. The key, the keys in the bowl. They're like looking at it, like going, like wait, like what? What are you looking at before? You don't find that inappropriate? What? They want to have a nice place to put their keys in a bowl. That makes sense. Yeah. Like we all lose our keys at the end of the night. 
Fair enough. Moving on. Look, looking over it with is. this girl's licking a lollipop. That's not inappropriate. What? She loves candy. What's wrong with that? Like, she enjoys it so much that she's staring seductively into space, wondering about I other just, lollies. I like the idea that Dr. Seuss's widow, not that it's that she doesn't understand what these things are, but she just assumes this is normal. So they're waiting for that. It's like, oh, okay, okay, okay. And then she just gets right in Molly Shannon's cleavage herself. And just <laughs> <laughs> That's how she signs documents. Like, yes. Oh, hello, I'm Mrs. Seuss. <laughs> Sounds like a Gungan. <laughs> Be gone with him. <laughs> Misa gonna give you a speed up. The planet core. <laughs> what are Misa saying? <laughs> Misa Day start Pinioki Day. Ahmed Best should have been the Grinch. <laughs> Padme, come here. <laughs> You're a mean one, Misa Grinch. <laughs> Seriously, though, there, there's the Grinch motorboating Christine Baranski in the middle of a kid's movie that Dr. Seuss's widow did not Co- want sexual Colin, innuendos in. Colin, if you met Christine, you, you'd be motorboating it too. <laughs> <laughs> no, come on. I'm a big fan of you in Bovingham. <laughs> her, her, her business card, Christine Baranski, Bowfinger, Sybil, Champion Motorboater. <laughs> <laughs> what what are you more known for? Sybil or motorboating? <laughs> motorboating. Yep. Good wife or motorboating? <laughs> motorboating. What are you? What are you a bigger fan of, Colin Sybil or the Good Wife? I I don't think I've ever seen either of them. You're missing out because boy, are they great shows. One's about a person called Sybil, the other a good but a wife. Good wife. <laughs> I like Julie, Julianne Margulies as much as the next ER fan, but. Um, Apparently she's a good wife. Clearly not to George Clooney, because clearly she's marrying what's his face from Sex in the City instead. George Clooney not good enough. Here. Let's go after the guy who fucked the horse in Sex in the City. Ugh. What? <laughs> Harry Bradshaw. You watch? Is is this a real thing? What? Fucking a horse? Sarah Jessica Parker again with a joke. Oh, I get it. I thought that actually happened on she Sex in like the City. A, she looks like a horse. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> See, I was so thrown off because you were so defensive about her in Dudley Do-Right. Because so you should be, because Dudley Do-Right's a good movie. And she's married to Matthew Broderick. We like Sarah Jessica Parker, but she's not a good-looking horse. Not like the one in Battle of Endor or whatever it was. That was a good-looking horse. I would motorboat that horse. That's 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 now the official title of my autobiography. Motorboating a horse. The Ben Mortimer story. (laughs) Picture of me with a horse lovingly staring into its eyes. Pulling keys out of a ball. Licking a lollipop. (laughs) Look at how dirty this this stuff that got left in this movie is. (laughs) Motorboating a horse. Anyways. Oh, Colin's dying. Colin's got corona. 
It's COVID. <laughs> He's done. Vaccine, quick, get the vaccine. Oh, uh, anyways, so after he motorboats Martha Mayhew. <laughs> Uh, this is where we get the moment where he's like, I was told there'd be an award and a check. Uh, there's no check. Are you sure? <laughs> uh, they He has fun at the party. Again, this makes you feel more for the Grinch than you should because he's suddenly back and he's accepted and he belongs and he's in the middle of the conga line. And uh, <laughs> uh, what other stuff do they have here? The, uh, pudding, competition. the pudding eating competition. Yeah, the fruitcake eating competition. The uh the, the the sack race uh to the chariots of fire theme that was good Bloody. uh the family reunion with the two old ladies who raised him uh and then he gets uh awarded uh the, the check where the story says again it's like oh and now it's time for my check there's no check <laughs> <laughs> uh but they give him his award which is a razor which brings back all these bad memories uh the mayor proposes to martha here uh, by saying, you know, here's a wedding ring and a new car. <laughs> I like that. You got 30 seconds to decide. <laughs> uh, and this is where the Grinch goes off. Um, it's all about the gifts. So that's all these people care about. So he goes on a rampage. So now he's the hero of this movie before he's supposed to be the hero of this movie. Uh, he goes on a rampage, just destroying the town. I think we were only missing, you know, a great shot of somebody burning here, running across the screen. Uh, but uh, we should also mention Clint Howard's in this movie as the mayor's assistant. What a man. What a man. And Bryce Dallas Howard's in one of these scenes too. She's one of the Whovians. She? she is. She plays a Whovian. So uh, that's a breakthrough I'm going to look role. this up. I, I Are you a Bryce Dallas it. Howard fan? I like Bryce Dallas Howard. Like I think kind of I was always, you know, like, ah, she's fine. But I think based on – you know, even though she's not the greatest character in the Jurassic Park franchise, I still am endeared to her. Um, and it's also the fact that she's done a couple of good episodes of The Mandalorian. So, no, I like Bryce mm. Dallas Howard. Not not, not the best uh, Gwen, though, in Spider-Man. Yeah, well, see, I was going to say, I, I saw her in The Village, which obviously was her first movie. Uh, hated it, hated her in it. Uh, saw her in Spider-Man, hated it, hated her in it. Saw Lady in the Water, a movie actually I know I've mentioned on here before most people hate and i think it's absolutely brilliant um but then you know throughout the jurassic park movies i actually do think that i like her more in the jurassic parks than i do at least more than chris pratt i think chris pratt's terrible in the jurassic parks <laughs> and i like chris pratt uh but she's grown on me over the years but yeah i'm looking at her here in this movie and it's uh a- another very disturbing looking who uh <laughs> well i mean daddy caster so you know that's at the end of yeah. the day one thing i'll just also say quickly because i'll forget is i love this whole sequence when the grinch is going crazy um my line that i had at the opening when the taxi pulled that was because i'm green isn't it <laughs> and then like one of the funniest bits is i just love it when he's like riding around on that little car like i don't know why i find that so funny and just a look on his face he's like okay like, the around. best part about that is where the car crashes and explodes and you get the obvious action movie cliche yeah. of the Grinch slowly running away from the car in slow motion. Yeah. From the explosion. Uh, there is some good humor in this movie. There's a lot of other stuff. That's just not that funny though. I actually found a lot of this, this sequence to be so fast and so much happening was just kind of nauseating to watch, but yeah, I like the car part as well. Uh, the mayor again, turns into a total dick here and says, Oh, oh this is all your fault. Cindy. I'm so disappointed in you and your family. And I think part of the problem is that nobody comes to her defense. I, I'm going to rewrite the ending when we get to the ending in a very simple way that I think actually solves all the problems of this movie. Um, but without anybody coming to her defense, including her own family, 
Uh, again, I don't feel for anybody in this movie except for the Grinch, which is not the point of the movie. Um, so the Grinch, this is where we catch up with the animated special. Now I checked and this was with about 35 minutes left in the movie, 45 minutes left in the movie, somewhere around there. And if you take out the credits, you're basically now at the exact running time of the animated special. But nothing that has happened up until now actually sets up what's going to happen. Uh, so when he gets back to his lair, he ends up kicking Max out. Max has like fake beard on and he gets the idea. I'll pose as Santa and I'll steal Christmas. But I don't even think he actually says I'm going to steal Christmas or why he wants to. It's just, it happens. And if he does say it, it happens so quickly that you don't even quite, if you're not following the story, if you don't know the original, you don't get why he's doing this. And there would have been a great opportunity here to have him go on a rant Jim Carrey would love to do a one minute long rant, throw a couple one liners in there to explain what he's about to do, but there's no explanation for why he steals Christmas here. Mm. Or am I missing it? I, I didn't see it. Like, I mean, it kind of just goes from one bit to the other. I mean, is, is, is the song meant to be the explanation? Like the, I'm a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Like I feel that's the transition point where he goes from screw you all. I'm going to steal Christmas. Yeah. But the song doesn't even necessarily say anything about stealing Christmas. It just says he's mean, you know? But it's Ooh, just it's not Christmas? done well. That's pretty mean, Colin. <laughs> but he's doing it for a good reason because these people are so self-centered and they all love their presence. Like this is where the idea about making it all about consumerism doesn't work in this movie because the Grinch is doing a service to the community, you know? <laughs> uh, he's not doing it to be hateful or anything. It's just, it's, it's the wrong choice. Uh, part of the sequence here is that he is making his own outfit uh, he's rigging up a sleigh, which this is uh, something they added that <clears throat> I don't hate it, but it, we do kind of miss out on that great shot of the dog actually dragging the sled. Uh, but they went for realism with a real dog. So instead it has to be powered by rockets, which is kind of cool in a movie to get like that rocket sled sequence. I love where he's talking to Max and he's yelling at him saying, I asked for three quarters, not a five eighths <laughs> at yeah. the wrench. Stay yeah. focused. <laughs> uh, and, uh, yeah, he decides he needs a reindeer, so he puts some antlers on Max's head. Uh, and he he does the directing scene. Which I think this is a nod to Ron Howard because he puts the hat on. The Ron Howard always has that baseball hat on his head. Mm -hmm. He's like, all right, you're a reindeer. This is your motivation. <laughs> He's framing <laughs> him and everything. Uh, I like that sequence. And uh, this is just where he steals Christmas. So, I mean, I can pretty much... Uh, yeah, let me just wrap it up here. There's not much else here to add. He steals Christmas, get, this becomes is, good, and that's it. Yeah, this is all the animated special here. Uh, he has his rocket sled. Uh, he gives. There's a cool addition here. He says, "On Crasher, on Thrasher, on Vomit and Blitzkrieg." <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, he, the rocket sled takes him into town right after Santa leaves. So you actually get he, he sees Santa leave, and he's like, "Now I'm going to come in." The first house he's on, he does like a, a diving routine here, which is kind of funny, uh, where he's, you know, doing the form and all that. And when he dives into it, he kind of gets blocked inside the chimney and he says some blessed water weight goes right to the hips. <laughs> uh, and th some other things they, they put in here that are kind of cool because the, the animated special, you see a montage of him taking trees and stuffing it up the chimney, grabbing things, but they elaborate here where he hooks up a giant vacuum hose to the chimney and just starts sucking things out one at a time. Uh, they do duplicate a shot very well here from the animated special where he slithers across the floor. And uh, 
Uh, I had another bit here that I noted. What was it? Oh, yeah, where he saws underneath the Christmas tree. He saws the floor out from under it. Very cartoony, nice. Uh, and this is the, the one scene that Cindy has in the original special uh, where she comes out in the middle of him stealing her family's Christmas tree. And uh, uh, she says to Santa, you know, what are you doing? Oh, I'm just taking your tree so I can fix it because there was a bulb that was burned out. I'll bring it right back. Uh, in the animated special, it was clearly the Grinch because she had never met the Grinch before. So it was clearly him talking to her. Here he's hiding behind the tree, obviously because her character's supposed to know him. And she says, what is Christmas all about, Santa? And he says, vengeance. <laughs> Which she says, what? So I, I mean, presents, I suppose. And then she says, oh, I was afraid of that. Again, let's drive home this point that, oh, it's all about the presents. Nobody cares about the real meaning of Christmas. You know, Christmas is the one time of year where people of all religions come together to worship Jesus as Bart Simpson once said. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, but um, it, it's an okay plot point, but again, I'll rewrite how you could have included this in here and made it better. Uh, and uh, she goes back to bed, but as she's leaving, she says, Santa, just please don't forget the Grinch. Uh, you know, he, he, he deserves a Christmas too. And again, we see the Grinch get a little bit teary-eyed or whatever here. Uh, he steals... Uh, everything he drives his sled to the top of the mountain cliff uh the mountain mountain cliff that's almost like the business office of the Grinch's world <laughs> uh and uh we get um uh max kind of dangling here they did duplicate this but uh uh the um the the end part here is where they butcher the movie so animated special you see him steal Christmas. You see him at the top with uh, all the presents. And he is basically now I'll hear them all panicking and, you know, turning on each other. And they all come out and they see there's no Christmas and they just break into the song. And the Grinch hears this and it's him realizing, oh, they, they don't just care about presents or whatever. You know, oh, the, the, you know, these people are nice. That's where he his heart grows and they redeem him or whatever. But they throw in the sequence here where everybody comes out and everybody's panicked. Like, they stole all our presents. There, there, there's no there's no Christmas left. <laughs> what was the other Simpsons, the Christmas one, uh, where, where uh, Bart burns down the tree and Homer starts like, what happened to all the presents? <laughs> Where's the, what happened to Christmas? Can't remember that one. Uh, but yeah, everybody just gets panicky here. And it's Cindy's dad who turns them around by saying, you know, we shouldn't care about presents and material possessions. If we'd all listened to Cindy all along, including myself. Okay. Whatever. Like it's just, it's so forced. <laughs> and again, you don't feel for anybody, but the Grinch in this movie. And I don't think you should have the worst character in this movie, having a redeeming moment that tops the Grinch's. The whole thing is about the Grinch's redeeming moment. That's what the story's about. And here you have the biggest redemption are the townspeople. Now let's play with this and have them go with Cindy thinks everybody is, you know, just in it for the presence and material possessions and everything. Uh, there's a moment where everybody comes out. And then if you had had then even just the mayor going along with being, Oh, Christmas is gone. And everybody else joins hands and starts singing. You have this whole movie from Cindy's point of view, where she thinks everybody has the wrong idea about Christmas but then she realizes, no, they weren't like that at all. That was just the way that I thought they were. And so it's it's still telling the exact same story, but the people don't have this, this moment where they're all trivial and then they have to be talked into it by Cindy's dad, who also admits, oh, I was wrong, Cindy. So this child is the only person who... It goes against the point of the movie. Now, where it gets even more complicated, 
aside from having the cliche of we need the villain, the mayor, who still clings to, oh, this is terrible, Christmas is gone. When the Grinch hears the singing, which is so downplayed in this compared to the original, and his heart grows, A, they miss a great effect they have in the animated special and in all of them where they kind of x-ray into his chest and you see it grow. Here you just see this thump thumping that looks like he's got a boner coming out of his <laughs> chest. It's like alien chest burster or something like that. The boner. And in a movie, a boner, yes. The boner uh, an alien. It's not actually an alien. It's a giant <laughs> dick. Well, it is. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, but uh, you have a live action movie where you could do things people haven't seen before. Make it worthwhile. It's the same thing for me, like having just a live action dog. You could have done so much more with some special dog? effects. Dog. Oh, I thought you said live but action that, but dog. But you know what? <laughs> that Max has quite the dong on him. Oh, yeah. If we, if we wow. can edit the Wikipedia page of Max the dog, if he has one, and put he's also known for his enormously large dog dong. Seriously, he did a lot of doggy porn. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, had a, he had a massive dong. So he's, a, he's actually a pornographic actor, Max the dog. Uh, yeah. Makes lots of movies about motorboating. <laughs> yeah. Instead of Santa Paws, it's called Santa Porn. Um <laughs> Air Bud, I uh, should have seen the porn version of that. <laughs> Which you can't come up with the title for, but it's good regardless. Air Bud Sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just, you want to turn anything into a porn, just throw sex on the end. <laughs> sex Air Bud, Bud Air Sex. The, the filmography of Ron Howard, A Beautiful Mind Sex. <laughs> <laughs> Solo sex. Well, actually, <laughs> I'd watch that. Solo sex is a porn. Far the away sex. Solo sex, the Noah Grove story. <laughs> Cocoon sex. Gung-ho sex. Willow sex. Parenthood sex. Backdraft sex. That sounds kinky. Apollo 13 sex. Happy days sex. Cinderella man sex. <laughs> the Da Vinci Code sex Rush Angels sex. and Demons sex is pretty interesting <laughs> In the Heart of the Sea sex The Dilemma sex Rush sex The Grinch sex How the Grinch saw Christmas sex <laughs> If we actually mentioned this movie isn't called The Grinch It's actually called How the Grinch, How the Grinch Christmas. saw Christmas yes. Yeah but you know, I always Sex. I always butchered this as well because I was like, oh, is it called How the Grinch Stole Christmas or The Grinch Who Stole Christmas? I would always mix that it's, up. You know what it reminds so, yeah. me of? It's like, because like obviously the, the animated one I think is just called The Grinch, right? Um, it's like how when they remade Willy Wonka, right? They 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 the Johnny yeah. Depp one is called Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, like based on the book, whereas the original was Willy Wonka and the Chocolate yeah. Factory. So but I think everyone still called it Charlie you know charlie and the chocolate factory or whatever so that's one that except for in the porn version they call it charlie and the chocolate factory sex yeah. <laughs> well, i think that one's just called willy wanker um, yeah. uh, <laughs> the noah grove story <laughs> uh, anyways wrapping up the movie here uh, this is where it becomes a problem of having all the townspeople suddenly realize we were wrong uh, because the Grinch is supposed to be turned by realizing these people were pure the whole time, and I had the wrong idea about them. So when the presents start to fall in the original, it's the Grinch, you know, oh, I want to be able to give this to them as a gift. 
But here, when the president starts to fall, he actually says something that makes sense in this movie, but becomes a problem for the point of the story, where he's like, oh, no, the sled's falling. And then he says, it's okay, they're only presents. Now you've written yourself into a corner where you're like, oh, it's not about presents for Christmas. So the Grinch should be like, you know what? I'm throwing the presents away because these people had the wrong idea. And then we realize oh, they don't care about the presents. It's just presents. There's no reason to save the sled. So they have to have Cindy show up there somehow on the top of a mountain 30 seconds later. <laughs> and and it's, it's, a, it's a nice little twist that they throw Cindy in there. But how does she get there? <laughs> Spur of the moment. Cause she's, she's there with this. They're not even done the song yet. <laughs> I don't know. Um, they live in a snowflake, Colin. I mean, fucking Santa goes in a snowflake. All right. This, but they is, this actually, is not the most pressing concern in this movie. Well, but it is clear evidence that they wrote themselves into a corner with this whole consumerism tacked on plot because the Grinch should not have a problem with the sled. So he has, they have to throw Cindy on there because that's the only way they can explain he saves the sled anymore. Uh, but anyways, he saves the sled. We get this, you know, chase scene down the side of the mountain uh, after his big heroic moment, which does not actually play as being that heroic again in comparison. Uh, and he finally gets to the, the bottom and uh, everybody accepts him and uh, it's Yay. a happy ending. Yeah. And the stuff <laughs> happens. Uh <laughs> Welcome to the Oz Network. Uh, the Grinch is green. Jim Carrey um, stuff happens <laughs> the end. Actually, uh, a couple days ago, people may have heard this. Rossi and I covered a TV special, All of the Rocky. Other Reindeer. Rocky and I covered uh, All of the Other Reindeer, the, the TV special. Oh, which what I didn't an even realize it was. Whoa. Well, I, I didn't even realize it was a Matt Groening animated special. So uh, oh, you might actually like to check it out. And Rocky knew but, that, clearly. Oh, yeah, well, in that, he said he'd seen less than 10 episodes of The Simpsons ever. But uh, Rocky Why actually. Why dealing with this guy? <laughs> Survivor winners don't get his name right. He doesn't watch The Simpsons. He likes fucking Octopussy. <laughs> Jesus We need to cut ties with this kid he, he did successfully sum up the entire movie in 10 words So I think we need to try to make that a thing going forward Sum this up in 10 words uh, In this case I would say Grinch hates Christmas Who's Our dicks Grinch saves Christmas motorboating Sex <laughs> Sex I would say they live in a snowflake under the sea. Grinch Bob, square pants. Um, I think you're about 13 or 14 words there, but ah, close well, enough. Mr. Technical. Uh, <laughs> One good last laugh here, though, was uh, where he says to the mayor, uh, that's okay, no hard feelings. And he shakes his hand and he's like, ah! <laughs> and just mocks him. One last moment of the Grinch being the Grinch, I guess. Uh, and, and we close with the nice Faith Hill song. Oh, is that Faith uh, it is Faith Hill, yeah. Doing the same. Uh, it's, it's showing that Cindy can't sing when Faith Hill comes in and sings it better. Yeah, exactly. But this is the, the exact same song Faith Hill sings every single time, too. Uh, this one might be slightly better, but uh, it's, it's, it's a Pearl Harbor song. Sing, sings the same song. like just exactly. no, one, well, no one catches on that Faith Hill's massive music career is just based <laughs> on one song. It is, really. I mean, you can listen to Faith Hill ballads, and then what's the difference between them? This one she's has the, the word Christmas in it. She's the MC Hammer of the slightly <laughs> pop country world. Um, but that's the end of the movie. The Grinch Who Stole Christmas or How the Grinch Stole Christmas or The Grinch. 
It's taken us nearly four years to mention Faith Hill on the Oz Network. I'm glad <laughs> that we've um, finally, finally gotten to that point in our podcast that we feel comfortable enough to mention Faith Hill. <laughs> Good on you. Like, seriously, you think about the name Faith Hill, right? Like... <laughs> Faith in itself is a fairly like, okay, well, you must be into Jesus and stuff. Good for you. You've got to have faith. Her name is Hill, right? So, like, I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go to a hill and I'm going to have faith, right? A faith hill. Um, (laughs) I've neither experienced either in my life. Well, I've experienced a hill, I guess. But... I, I don't know, like, is that a stage name? Is that really her name? Or her parents, like... It is. So what's her real name? Like, Jenny Jones? Her real name is... Audrey Perry. Audrey Perry is a much better name than Faith Hill. Like, <laughs> Faith Hill is just dumb. Like, oh, I'm going to buy Faith Hill's latest. No, I'm not. I'm going to buy Audrey Perry's latest album. You know? <laughs> Faith Hill. I don't want to go to a hill of faith. It sounds like I get the a disease. greatest hits of Faith Hill. Greatest is Audrey Perry. Are you a Faith Hill fan, Colin? I'm, I'm, Do you, you like know, her one this- song? This the yeah, this song's okay, I guess. She had another one like this that was okay. I couldn't name you one Faith Hill song. <laughs> Where are you, Christmas? The one we just heard? Yeah, but like I don't like I this song is from the Grinch and then I hear it and then like I'm I don't know it's from the like I don't know. I listen to Mariah Carey. That's what okay. we listen to at this point, isn't it? Breathe, that's the other one that sounds exactly like this. Um, what does she like? And Don't you know it's breathe. No, no well, I'm singing <laughs> that fucking Christmas song from Modern Majesty's Secret Service. Do they know, <laughs> Do it's, they know it's Christmas? <laughs> that's what song came to my head. <laughs> Do they know it's Christmas? Da, da, da. Faith Hill probably did a version of that. They um, need sunshine <laughs> and rainbows. <laughs> Yes, everybody Friendship at this time of year, that Christmas kindness. movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Everybody's oh, favorite Oh, we Christmas could add movie. that in on Christmas month next and year. And Jurassic World, another Christmas movie that no one ever does. Um, <laughs> I'm reading here on the trivia on IMDb that apparently uh, Jim Carrey felt so confined and uncomfortable in the latex skin that he sought counselling from a CIA agent who taught him torture <laughs> resistance techniques. So... <gasps> Wow. That's um, how he got past his anger management issues filming this movie? Apparently. Um, I don't really have a whole lot to add. I really don't. Like, Surprise. I re- really am tuned out in this part of the movie. <laughs> um, like, I just don't get the plot. He wants to steal Christmas. Um, how does Santa Claus live in a fucking snowflake? Um, and, like, it's one of these movies where, like, the bad guy does something bad, gets caught out for it, but then everybody forgives him five minutes later. Like... Is this how the world works? Like, if a robber, like, fucking goes around Winnipeg and steals everybody's presents, but then, you know, in front of the Museum of Human Rights, everyone catches him, and then all of a sudden he's all like, oh, but I see that the true meaning of Christmas is all in the hearts and minds of beloved Winnipegians. (laughs) And, like, no, everyone's just going, oh, look at the little sausage. Let's forgive him. Like, fuck off, you're going to jail. You try it, Colin. Like, you're on lockdown. You can probably steal presents. You're not going to get caught. Um, So I call bullshit. But having said that, he's the most likable person in this movie. So, you know, good for him. Um, That's about all I've got to say. (laughs) I've written down here on my notes, um, after It's Because I'm Green, isn't it? Literally, my two other notes are, Mean Mr. Grinch and Who Hash. Um, yeah. That's all I've and written. And Roast Beast. 
Roast beast. And I, doesn't she give someone green eggs and ham at some point here? It's like, ah, you did the thing. You made the <laughs> reference. Um, yeah, that's it. Faith Hill. This Faith Hill. Odd, she do this Odd kiss? Something Is that her other. song? Is that her song? This uh, which kiss, one? this kiss. Da, uh, I think da, da. it is. Is that Faith Hill? Okay, I know a Faith yeah. Hill song, everyone. Woo. <laughs> uh, all right, so let's go through this uh, box office-wise, critic-wise. Uh, this is the number one grossing film of the year 2000. Is it? Number one. Uh, really? Ju- not not too far behind it is Castaway at number two. Uh, and then you have Mission Impossible 2 and uh, What We Want and some other movies. Not the biggest uh, year for movies, 2000, is it? Uh, well, I mean, this, I think there were three movies that topped 200 million, uh, which are How the Grinch Stole Christmas uh castaway and mission impossible 2 and then uh what one we want and gladiator like 175 200 million um hmm. uh box office a 85 million dollar opening for this movie uh oh no sorry 85 million in other territories uh so worldwide this is only the sixth highest grossing film of the year uh really not a lot outside and maybe the grinch is just you know such a nostalgic thing here but not so much in other parts of the world uh, yeah, huge opening here. Uh, $55 million on its opening weekend in uh, North America. Uh, thing held on forever. I do remember all that about this movie. It was like number one at the box office week after week after week. Uh, critically, did not do great. It got 49% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, good reviews. Jim Carrey shines as the Grinch. Same review. Unfortunately, it's not enough to save this movie. You'd be better off watching the TV cartoon. Uh, Paul Clinton of CNN says Jim Carrey was born to play this role. And Carrie carries nearly every scene. In fact, if he's not in the scene, there is no scene. That sounds like Ben. Yep, very uh, true. That well, what about me? That if I'm not in the scene, it, it's not <laughs> yeah, really? exactly. Is that what you're trying to say? That's why the Rocky episodes get no downloads. Yeah, uh, <laughs> among and, many reasons. <laughs> another reviewer here says Carrie pulls off an admirable impersonation of an animated figure. It's fine as mimicry goes, but mimicry isn't the best playground for comic genius. Shouldn't we be asking more of a man who's very likely the most gifted comic actor of his generation? Um, what more can you ask for him? <laughs> it's a comedy. Uh, it is. I, I do feel like he brings a lot of humor to this movie. For that isn't funny. Like the original Grinch anime special is not so much funny. Uh, it's just sort of a cool story. But uh, what what? Is he supposed to, he's doing the Grinch. <laughs> Did they want Shakespeare out of this? Um, let's go for some plot keywords here. Can I just uh, say, so I can find it. while you're looking those up, um, you know, we've talked in the past, we, we always seem to like talk up a year for movie releases, right? Like, oh, this movie, look how mm-hmm. many great movies released this year. Got to say, the year 2000 is not a fan. Like, I don't know. I'm looking at, I've sorted this by the year releases. And like, I'm not saying there's bad movies, but... I feel this is a year where a lot of these movies maybe necessarily aren't like the most outstanding. Like yeah. you look at the Grinch. Okay. It's, it's got a pretty solid reputation now, but again, not a great movie. Castaway, great movie. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it to Castaway. Mission Impossible 2. I'm not a fan. It's kind of shit. Uh, Gladiator. Okay. Good movie. What Women Want. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I remember kind of liking it. Perfect Storm. Similar thing. Kind of liking it. Meet the Parents. I like that movie. X-Men. X-Men. Good movie. Scary movie. Yep, funny. What Lies Beneath. Sure. Uh, Dinosaur. Great. Crouch, Attack, Hidden Dragon. I mean, loved it. The Oscars and that, but I mean, I've never seen it. Aaron Brockovich. I mean, Charles Angels. Great. Uh, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps. 
Uh, you are missing the most important one, which is going to be very far down your list. Chicken the run? replacements with Keanu Reeves. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Uh, Miss Congeniality, good. Chicken Run, I like Chicken Run. Um, Hollow Man, Chocolat, The Kid. Chocolat. Vertical Limit, Rules of Engagement. Isn't that a TV show? Yeah, just not like brilliant. Dude, where's my it's, car? Beat out the Tigger know, movie. I think there's a lot of underrated movies in there, but in saying that, I feel like they're underrated because nobody rates these movies, you know? It sort of is the forgotten year. It's also uh, like box office-wise. Like, I know we're spoiled for choice now. We're always getting, you know, billion-dollar movies and stuff like that, and basically mm-hmm. if you don't make $300 million, you're, you're bad. But, like, even looking at the movies that made over $100,000 and you would probably think should make more. $100,000? million. Sorry, but, like, I mean, Gone <laughs> in 60 Seconds only made $101 million. The Patriot, yeah. uh, Patriot, good movie. Um, I mean, Nanny Presser 2 made $123 million, and that's the crap one of the two of them. Um, well... Dinosaur made 137. I don't even remember Dinosaur. Wasn't that a Disney movie? Yeah. But like a year later, you would have Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter both making over 300 million. The year after that, I think there were like five or six movies that made over 200 million. A Star Wars movie was not even in, I think, the top three box office grosser that year. And it made like $230 million or something. Is this the last year that wasn't like topped by like a franchise movie? Well, I mean, the Grinch you would almost consider a franchise, but probably for a while. Um, let but me you take would, a look. You would consider, like, I mean, like, in terms of the fact that, yeah, I see what you're saying about Gr- like that, but, like, at the end of the day, Grinch never had a sequel, right? So, like, if you look here, uh, so next year, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, or Philosopher's Stone for those smart, not like America, Spider-Man, yeah. <laughs> Finding Nemo, mm-hmm. it's a Pixar movie. Shrek, There's an original one. Yeah, Star Wars, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, I guess Finding Nemo technically was original at the time. Pirates yeah. of the Caribbean, Spider-Man, and then Avatar. Dark Trans Avatar, yeah. So you got to so go. So three, three movies in eleven years there, wow. that were not franchise or sequels. Well, Bad Boys for Life is going to end up being the number one movie of this year, isn't it? Twenty twenty. Wow, who yeah, would have thought no. that at the beginning of the year? And I love Bad Boys for Life, but yeah, that that movie exceeded expectations. But still, to be the highest grossing film of the year, <laughs> Doolittle is going to be a top ten movie. Oh, let's hope Wonder Woman and the Croods can bump that out. Tenet is only 14th, so... (laughs) Somehow Star Wars Rise of Skywalker still manages to be at number five. Um, (laughs) Little Women at number eight? Fuck off. Hold on, I'm going to actually go to the in-year releases here to see what we're looking at right now for 2020. Uh, Bad Boys for Life, uh, it's not switching over. Uh, yeah, no, I'm still seeing 1917 in there as the second highest grossing film of the year. Yeah, mine was having uh, problems too. Live, and unexpected error has occurred. Let's yeah, it move on. It did that for me. It did that for me as well. <laughs> Plot keywords, The Color Green Month. Oh, yeah. Uh, featuring How the Grinch Stole Christmas 2000, The Grinch 2018, The Shape of Water, and Antichrist. Mm. A lot of green and Antichrist, I guess. Apparently. Little Girl uh, Month. Can we do Little Girl Month? <laughs> ben, do not click on that link. Stranger do Things, not click it. The Grinch, Modern Family, and The Witcher. Uh, public Humiliation Month sounds good. Yeah. Key Party uh, Month. The Grinch, so Christmas. <laughs> Dazed and Confused, A Clockwork Orange, and Full Metal Jacket. That's a dark month. That is, featuring The Grinch. Um, yeah, there's Key Party Month. Entering through a chimney month. <laughs> <laughs> Lift, oh, hang click on. On, you did not click on Key Party Month? 
Ah, oh, I mean, I just already know all the films. I, I watch them constantly. <laughs> I was uh, so key party most featuring The Grinch, The Ice Storm, El Wago de la Elavs, which is a TV show. Eight friends, all in a stable relationship, decide to venture into a game of sexual discovery by exchanging couples while trying to free themselves from the daily routine and spicy touch their love life. Sounds interesting. And Palm Swings, do you play? <laughs> um, the other one I was looking here was um, Lifting a Female into the Air Month. Yeah. Dirty Dancing. The Grinch, The Wizard of Oz, The Invisible Man, and Fargo. Dirty Dancing. This one's... He's not even... Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith is on here before Dirty Dancing. <laughs> I can't even see Dirty Dancing on this list. This wow. one's just weird. I don't know what this means. Character says bad judge of character. Maybe they say Month. the words bad judge of character. Well, um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas is the only one on there. Okay. Based on uh, children's book, male protagonist. Attacked by a cat month. <laughs> Finally, we've got an excuse. Featuring the Grinch, the Grinch. So even on IMDb, they've renamed how the Grinch stole Christmas to the Grinch. Pet Cemetery and Al Alibi dot com. Alibi 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 dot com. Uh, user reviews. This is kind of lame this week. Do we, um, yeah. Do we want to go with ones or tens here? Uh, Let's do one at, of each. Yeah, sure. That sounds good for me. Uh, I need to find the page first, so keep stalling. Uh. <laughs> All right, I'm going to look up the ones here. You can pull up the tens. Um, oh, I just like the title of this one. Give me an ice pick. I'd rather gouge out my eyes than see this again. Yep. Um, filthy awesome. foul. Gah! <laughs> <laughs> Wish we could uh, have video oh, this, I actually really like this there. person. I like this one. The point of Seuss's Grinch is not that the Who's are selfish weenies who learn how to be grateful after the Grinch steals their Christmas. The point of Seuss, and they keep spelling Seuss wrong, point of Seuss's Grinch is that the Who's already know the material goods are not the point of Christmas. And they have the gifts and gadgets as an expression of who they are already inside. Uh, Jim Carrey is at his annoyingest, is if that's a word. Ron Howard shows glaring deficiency in basic storytelling, and the general plot is gaudy and ridiculous. <laughs> um... Yeah, all these ones for the tens. It's so green. A new Santa Claus is way better and funnier than the old one. Love, 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 double love, love entirely. Um, the movie of my childhood. How is this a six? My personal opinion on The Grinch 2000. That's a good one there. The best movie ever. I don't understand why there's so many unhappy reviews on this magnificent film. Ron Howard, if you're reading this, Please, please, make another one. But you got to use Jim Carrey as the Grinch again. He was extraordinary. How, how yep. do you make another one of this? And to add to icing on the cake, what about an actual Whoville village filled with actual running stores and candy shops at Universal Studios? Yeah! I'm not losing yeah. it, people. I'm actually a very <laughs> intelligent... I'm actually a very intelligent person with a huge imagination. <laughs> I feel Rod Howard brought... This amazing animated all-time classic to life. My daughter loves this film and she's a teenager. So everyone <laughs> ignore the negative reviews. And if you haven't watched it, it's a must-see. And I hope you enjoy it as much as the rest of us Grinch lovers. Way to go, Opie Richie. <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we going to do with this movie? You said you're not binning it. You're not buying it. I assume you're falling into a rent. Yeah, it's a low rent. I mean, like, I, I can't, like... Because I enjoy Jim Carrey in this movie. Like, 
I, I can't say that about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, so I'm going to bin that movie, right? Like, but like, <laughs> again, take Jim Carrey out of this movie, it's it's a bin. Like, but I can I can flick through the Jim Carrey bits and enjoy it. I got some laughs out of it. Like, the, you know, the the childhood sequence I enjoyed. I enjoy the bit where he's going to muck in town. Like, I enjoy that. Um, and I just think he's great in this role. Like, he's just he's great. So. Uh, it's a low rent for me. It's 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 not a movie that I'm going to watch anytime soon. Uh, and again, it's it's a Christmas movie that's there, but I have plenty of other Christmas movies that I would rather watch. I think I'd rather watch Christmas with the Cranks than this, and I can't even remember what I did with that movie. You know, it's been a few years. Yeah, Christmas with the Cranks at least pays off with a decent ending. I rented Which it. I don't think this... I don't even think this pays off with a decent ending, and that's not just saying that they, you know, changed the ending from the original, because they didn't change anything. They just... They, they interpreted it completely differently and wrong. Uh, but of the three Grinch adaptations, this is easily the weakest of them. Um, and, and I think that the, the 2018 one that came out, they found a way to do what this movie doesn't do, which is expand on the original story. Whereas this just sort of buries the story, tells its own original story, and then abandons that to suddenly rush through the whole original uh, book slash animated special. Honestly, I would bin this. Um, I wouldn't have thought I would going in because, again, it is fairly enjoyable, but it's also forgettable. Uh, there's nothing in this where I'm like, oh, I love this sequence. I think that it looks great, and there's a few moments that are handled well, but it's just, it's, it's like you said, it's just there. It's just, it's, it's, it's nothing. It's, this is not a Christmas classic. This is the weakest of three adaptations. Uh, by far, that has some good Jim Carrey stuff in there. It's the Rocky of Christmas movies. <laughs> like not not Rocky Balboa, but no, Rocky is in Anthony Rocky. <laughs> like you know, like he's there. He's one of us, and he you know he he contributes good every now and then, but he's forgettable. Like you just kind of you're like. You know, is he really part of it? So, so sorry, are you binning this or renting this? I'm yeah, I'm going to give it a high bin. A high bin. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's on the cusp. It's sitting outside the edge of the trash can, just ready to it's, maybe it's go directly, into recycling. It, it's, it's directly in it, but occasionally I open it up to throw out a banana peel or something like that. And I'm like, oh, does this really belong in there? Yeah, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll leave it there. Um, I Just pointing on the record, and I think you'd firmly agree with me with this, Santa's sleigh. Much better and much oh, more yeah. entertaining. <laughs> what a movie! I would, revis- I would revisit that movie again just for the fun of it, like we do at the room. I that feel movie's like fantastic. We're not going to have time to do it this year, but I feel like next year we should implement kind of like a room-style yearly rewatch yeah. of Santa's Sleigh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking brilliant movie. Uh, we got some other stuff coming out. Uh, we're actually we? it, we're gonna go all the way to Christmas, Ben. <laughs> That's the point of this. Fuck. This is new to me. We are going to be, I'm hoping at the time you're listening to this in the next couple days, doing an episode on the Lego Star Wars holiday special. The uh, Yes, which um, I realize has been out for about a month and I haven't <laughs> even watched it yet. Have you watched it? I haven't. I've been waiting to watch it so we could uh, review it. I have heard that it is slightly better than the original <laughs> Star Wars holiday special. Yay! We've, we've got to win, people. If there's not uh, virtual reality porn from Chewbacca's dad, it's granddad. It's not. It's not real. Chewbacca's dad motorboating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, following that, 
<laughs> this time next week, we're going to be talking about Jack Frost oh. with Michael Keaton, which is uh, going to be really exciting because Ben's never seen it. I've seen this movie a couple times and actually really enjoy it. And Mallory apparently is a big fan of it. She apparently uh, says probably it's will sad. not make an appearance. So it, it is. Well, it's about a guy who dies and gets reincarnated oh, as a spoiler. snowman. <laughs> she did exactly the same to me the other day when I talked about it. She's like, well, so he dies. And I'm like, ah. <laughs> in all fairness, he dies in the second scene of the movie. So well, everything else will be a surprise the from there. first or second scene of the movie. So I don't know. I'm thinking hey, listen. Just- how else do you sell a movie like this but then saying Michael Keaton dies and is reincarnated as a talking snowman? <laughs> I just thought it was about a snowman that talked. I didn't realize it was a person in it. <laughs> Fuck. I don't it's watch Michael the movie Keaton. Now. <laughs> well, good for Michael Keaton. All right. You're not familiar with this. I, I saw this uh, when it first came out, but wasn't really into it. And then a couple of years ago, it might have even been last year, to be honest. I don't even think it was that long ago. Jamie said, oh, we got to watch Jack Frost. It's such a good movie. I'm like, oh, I don't remember being that great. And we watched it. I'm like, oh, no, it's great. I like this movie. So this might be the, the shining light of Christmas month this year. Is it the shining light of Michael Keaton's career? <laughs> you know, on Michael Keaton, Multiplicity, I just thought about the other day. I don't know if you ever saw that. Love Multiplicity. I would find an excuse to do Multiplicity. I I remember that being advertised so much in the 90s. And, like, I always got that weirdly confused with, um, what was that John Travolta one he did as he was an angel? Michael? Michael. Yeah, I don't know why. Both both movies had Andy McDowell as the female lead. (laughs) It's a connection. (laughs) Andy McDowell, what a woman. I always, like, true story, I always thought Andy McDowell was Julia Roberts. I always thought they were the same person. <laughs> so, like, I would watch, like, Groundhog Day. I'm like, fuck, I love Julia Roberts in that movie. Uh, like, You're like, remember when Andy McDowell won the Oscar for Aaron Brockovich? Whatever happened to Andy McDowell? You know what? She popped up in a movie that I'm going to cover next year called Ready or Not that you really have to see. Samara Weaving's in the movie. You oh, should check it out. Yes, please. It is a ridiculously funny horror movie like it is absurd it is might be one of the craziest movies i've ever seen i don't picture gotta check it down in a horror movie <laughs> it's it's nuts <laughs> i mean having said that i'm like okay four weddings and a funeral extremely overrated i'm sorry i didn't get that so many it's other right. better richard curtis movies out there multiplicity is better <laughs> because there's multiple michael keaton's what's not to like exactly what a man what a man <laughs> what a snowman <laughs> Um, just listen to is the end of the episode better, to hear is, all the things. Can I, can I ask a question? Is he a better Jack Frost than, um, um, why have I gone blank Martin his name? Martin Short. Martin Short. Thank you very much. Well, it's Martin Short's playing a character, Jack Frost. Michael Keaton's playing a snowman <laughs> named Jack. Uh, I like them both equally. <laughs> well, Martin Short, what a man. What oh. a man. What a oh, Canadian. Like what, a, <laughs> what a Canadian man. Where's Michael Keaton from in America? He's probably from like Iowa or something. Oh, Wyoming. I'm from Wyoming. I'm Michael Keaton. I need to find this out right now. Keep, do the wrap up. I need, I'm, I'm, I'm dying I'll, to know. I'll, I'll stall here as we wrap up. Uh, I'll just give a plug out there. Uh, if you love my lovely voice. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. There we go. Uh, done with the plug. You don't have to listen to anything else. Anyways, um, I did, I did doing a couple of guest spots on a, a oh, podcast. Was, yeah, do Yeah. That. Mission Impotable, <laughs> which is a podcast <laughs> covering the entire original, well, starting with the original Mission Impossible 
TV series from the 60s, which made my top 50 favorite shows list. Going to eventually go into the, the 80s series, the movies and all that. Uh, very entertaining podcast. I've got a couple of guest spots on there. Uh, I think the first one was last week. Uh, another one this week, another one next week, and then maybe some more in the new year. So they basically got uh, no content. They've had to reach out to you, so they're already screwed. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. They, they got their big guess. Actually, they got it. They, they got uh, the guy who directed, who he directs the Mission Possible, but he also directed the Man Hong from Hong Kong movie that oh. uh, we watched for 007. They got him on. It was a great interview. So, so why don't we get him on then? Get, hook us up, <laughs> you friends of these people. I want to talk to the guy who directed Man from Hong Kong and talk about George Lazenby. Come on. <laughs> Do your job, if Colin. We, You're only sucking we, up to these guys to get some connections. Yeah, once they get Tom Cruise, then I will suck he's up to them. A raging oh. homosexual. <laughs> Tom Cruise doesn't do podcasts. We know that gay people don't do podcasts. L- listen to Mission Impossible. Though they've been nice enough to uh, allow me to plug the show on there, and uh, have you plugged uh, that Tom Cruise is gay on the show? Well, when we rename the podcast next year to, what is it, Gay Sex with Tom Cruise Network. (laughs) Oh, God. What a network. What a man. Go back and listen to our Mission Impossible month for some context. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) Hi, I'm Tom Cruise, and I'm a raging homosexual. Uh, My name is Colin, and I heard there was a check. And my name is Ben Sex. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time.